Come to Him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Hello, and welcome to Living Stones. Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Each week, Ken and Deacon Harold help listeners deepen their relationship to Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. I'm Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, a permanent deacon in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, and I'm one of the co-hosts for Living Stones, and I'm joined by my good friend, Ken Hellenius. Ken. Hi, Deacon Harold. Uh, it's a great pleasure to begin this brand new show here on KBVM KMME. I'm really excited to uh, chat with listeners and to chat with you about these topics that are so important about living the truly Catholic life, as, uh, as you mentioned. So I think this is a really exciting opportunity. And I think one of the cool things is that I've known you for many years, but our listeners may not. And so t- why, Harold, why are you here? Uh, I'm here because it's part of God's plan. You know, I I think all of us who are Catholics are called to evangelize, are called to witness to the faith by our baptism. Uh, But God uses many different ways that we live that out in our everyday life. Yeah. So, so every person that's baptized is called to evangelize, is called to uh, uh, witness to the reality of the love of Jesus Christ in their life every day. Uh, and the way that I, that God has called me to do that is through uh, not only the diaconate, not only being a, a husband and a, and a father, but also through my apostolate, where I, I travel, uh, travel the world, uh, speaking to people about uh, Jesus Christ and the, the one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. Uh, I, I also do television. I have a number of television series on EWTN. I have a, a radio show on the Radio Maria Network. Uh, I have a book, you know, I have a, a book, major book by Ignatius Press coming out. I've I just got so many projects going on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God is Good, the Chosen Project by Ascension Press. Uh, speaking of world meeting of families, just, I mean, just a lot of cool stuff. Awesome. Yeah. How about yourself? Well, I, I definitely agree with you evangelization is part of what we're all called to do. Sharing the joy that is in our hearts, uh, sharing the fact that we have received mercy and extending that mercy to, to one another, to everyone that we meet, uh, is all part of our life. Uh, I myself have, uh, I work with the RCIA process at uh, my parish. I actually also work in uh, adult faith formation. I've done uh, presentations at local parishes and I earned a degree in pastoral ministry a couple of years ago and have really worked to put that into practice to, to, I have the head knowledge. Now it's actually, you know, sharing that with others. And so this is all part of what I've been doing over the last couple of years. I'm a married man. I work in university administration, uh, but uh, I take great joy in, in actually sharing the joy of being Catholic. And Amen. so, uh, you know, the Lord blesses us all with a lot of gifts. That's right. And Putting those into practice into the service of others. I That's think is the, the key. Critical thing. That's the key. I mean, it's not uh, the, the fact that, you know, because uh, we're, we're talking about 
you know, how, how we're qualified to do this, but we're all qualified. We're all called by God. But, you know, and both of us have, you know, we have advanced degrees. And so how do we take that head knowledge that you said apply it to the heart so that the, the faith becomes part of the everyday lived experience? Exactly. And that's, that's beautiful. And how do we come up with Living Stones, the name for the, the actual name for the show itself? Well, you know, of course, it comes from the first letter of St. Peter, chapter two. Uh, he talks about how all Christians are called to be living stones built upon atop the cornerstone who is Christ. In reference, uh, Peter was was ref- referring to the Psalms. They talk about the the stone which the builders rejected has become, become the, the cornerstone. cornerstone. Yep, Psalm one eighteen. Yep. Exactly. And so we uh, are called to build up that edifice, which is the church, which is. Um, the actual body of Christ in the world. And so it's, uh, now I'm mixing metaphors, of course, you know, here we are stones, <laughs> we're part of a body, but it's it's all true. They're all different ways of looking at the same reality, which is we are incorporated into Christ. Uh, and so living stones and, and our goal for this show going forward is that we help edify the faithful. We help edify the church. To edify means to build up. Uh, and it's uh, we hear that word in edifice, edifice which is the front right. of a building. So that's really what this show is all about. We are living stones who are, who are called to lay I, upon the corner. I, I love that too, because when you look at a building, you don't look at the building and say, oh, look at that brick. Look at that brick. Look at that brick. You say, look at the building. Exactly. You know, that's why I love exactly. the living stones because we're, when, when people look at us, they look at one body in Christ. They don't look at the yeah. arm, the leg, this, you know. How often it, is that so true when somebody, you know, uh, maybe a non-believer will look and say, well, that Christian did this, yes. therefore all Christians are. Exactly. In, in the same way that every act of charity that we extend, every act of mercy that we extend towards another person is also a sign of the entire church working together. You like Pope Francis. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit I've read a bit of his work. Lately. Indeed, indeed. So. Outstanding. Well, you know, this whole show is actually, we've worked out a really cool um, kind of rotation of topics that will keep it ever fresh, but also keep us always uh, focused on how we can extend our faith, how we can build our faith up. Uh, and it's inspired by the Archbishop of Portland, Archbishop uh, Alexander Sample, who um, has been our Archbishop for just over two years now. And um, he introduced, upon his first anniversary, uh, he kind of introduced his pastoral priorities. And so that was, for us, the inspiration which brings us to uh, kind of our model for the show, what we're going to be doing. So um, we're going to be looking at the pastoral priorities of Archbishop Sample, which Really, he, he kind of described them as three main priorities that are all what he calls kind of the tent poles of the new evangelization. Uh, the three, uh, he uses a, a great word, he, he calls them the fronts of the new evangelization. And they really are pretty simple. They are education, catechesis, and faith formation is the first. Revitalization, renewal, and reform of divine worship and the sacraments. So our lived experience uh, is the second priority. The third is the service of charity. As he says, care for the poor, vulnerable, and marginalized. The people who uh, we see every day and we encounter every day. And then kind of um, within there are four uh, are three or four sub priorities, as he calls them, uh, kind of uh, an awareness and an appreciation of the cultural diversity of the Catholic Church, um, marriage and family, the importance of strengthening the sacrament of marriage in our world, uh, and then young adult ministry. How do we reach out to people who are um, 
embracing the faith on their own as they leave home, as they go out into the world on their own. So those are the main priorities. And I think we're going to be talking about those things for, for each week. We're going to pick one of those topics kind of on a rotation. And we're going to explore one facet, one aspect of that going forward. Well, there's a lot there. I mean, I think all of these pastoral priorities get to the very heart of the new evangelization. You know, again, a new evangelization uh, as... Uh, what do you mean by that? What, yeah. So what does the new evangelization Yeah, mean? you know, St. Saint, Saint John Paul II, um, because, well, the idea of, of real evangelization uh, was really Evangelii Nuntianti, which Pope Paul VI wrote... Um, uh, at the toward the end of his pontificate, uh, and it was a theme that was picked up um, by Saint John Paul II when he talked about the new evangelization, and what he meant by that was, um, you know, evangelizing not Protestants, not those who are uh, uh, don't have any faith at all, but going to people Catholics who are already baptized mm. and re-evangelizing them. Sure. You know, so so again, the the person who shows up maybe on Christmas and Easter, and uh, the person that's baptized, but they're really not the, the faith is not active, it's not living, it's not dynamic, it's not formative in their life every day. Mm-hmm. To go out and to tell them about the power of Jesus Christ in their life, and and the the, the one Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church that Christ founded, and and making that become a part of not just what they do, showing up for mass doing sacraments, but a part of who they are. Ah. And I think that's the key to the new evangelization. And I think these pastoral priorities lay out very beautifully, um, you know, in education and and the sacraments and in the service of charity, uh, get to the faith, hope, and love, those Mm -hmm. three beautiful supernatural virtues, uh, which were infused in us uh, in baptism to really live those out every day and not just let them lie dormant, but to ha- so they can be active and so that people can truly see Jesus Christ in how we live and how we act and how we think. Because so we become than, extensions of Christ. It's more than just reminding people. It's also re-energizing them yes. uh, about their faith. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think especially like young adult ministry is one of those areas where um, I work at a university. And, sometime, and people come here, uh, they're away from their family for the first time. They get to experience freedom in a, in a certain way. And sometimes that means breaking free of what they consider the strictures of their, of their upbringing. So they may leave the, the practice of faith, you know, maybe their parents took them to, to mass every Sunday. Um, and here they don't have to, nobody is taking them to mass. And yet for me, one of the most joyful things about working at the, at the university has been, I got to work with the confirmation program for a number of years. And these were young people who were choosing of their own free will to receive the sacrament of confirmation. And so they were not only embracing their faith, but they were celebrating it sometimes in a countercultural way in the context of their, their friends who had left their practice, the active practice of their faith. That is a joyful moment. That was a moment of evangelization, even for me. I see these people who are excited about their faith, and it just fills me with great joy. It makes me want to be more Catholic. You know, and this is in the context of being an actual minister, of actually helping them in the faith. I am energized by that. This is part of what we're talking about. It's an opportunity for evangelization on both sides. You're exactly right, Ken, because, you know, often when I talk to, well, this is, I think this is true for many people uh, in the faith, but particularly young adults, uh, you know, we, we, 
when you're asking me, what does it mean to be Catholic? Like, what does it mean for you to be Catholic? Well, I have to go to church. I can't have sex before I'm married. I can't do this. I have to do that. Can't I can't eat meat on Fridays. Can't eat meat on Fridays. Yeah. Right? I mean, so it's like rules, regulations, commandments, moral code. And there's a reason for those because those help free us to be the person that God created us to be. But, but the first thing out of their mouth is not because Jesus is the most important person in my life. Right. Because I can't imagine my life without the Eucharist. Uh, because I love Jesus more than any, anything or anyone else in the world. I'm, so there's a dis to me. That's a disconnect. Sure. Um, you know, focusing on the, the the things of the faith again. There's reasons why we don't eat meat on Friday. There's reasons why we go to mass. There's reasons why uh, the conjugal act occurs in marriage. You know, and there's reasons for that. So I think one of the things that that we're going to do in the show. Um, using the Archbishop's pastoral priorities is to connect people more deeply and intimately between the what of the faith and the why uh, of the faith. Yes. Yeah. So it, it really comes, it comes, it flows from this really interior life of grace that now they cooperate with and they want to do these things because it becomes a part of their, their love affair with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. So this is, these are the Archbishop of Portland's pastoral priorities. These are the things that Archbishop Sample has said. I've been here in the Northwest for a year. This is, he wrote, wrote and produ- uh, published these a year ago. He said, I've been here for a year. This is what I, I see. He didn't make changes immediately when he arrived. He got to know us. He got to know the, the church in Western Oregon. He said, here's my, the, the priorities that I see. Um, but we are not just the church in Western Oregon. We are actually connected to a much wider, a universal church. You know, the word Catholic means universal. Um, We are just uh, not, you know, we are, even in our parishes, part of a wider piece that's part of a wider piece. Archbishop Sample, if you've ever gone to a confirmation with Archbishop Sample, he does a wonderful job. I know Archbishop uh, Vlasny did as well before him, but he does a wonderful job of kind of explaining that uh, what he is the reason why the bishop is there to perform confirmation is because the bishop represents a link to the universal church. So how do these pastoral priorities, education, catechesis, faith formation, renewal of divine worship and the sacraments, the service of charity, how do these connect to the wider church? You mentioned earlier Pope Francis, entirely true. Pope Francis is an exciting voice that non-Catholics, and Catholics alike listen to, at least give him an ear. And that's an exciting kind of thing. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me, you know, because they, they, I travel, when I travel, I, I wear a crucifix. And so they see the crucifix, oh, are you Catholic? Oh I, oh, I love the new Pope, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, and, well, I, I, mean, and I just leave it at that. I don't, I don't try to push him and say, what, what do you love about him? What did what does right. he say that, you know, right? Because yeah, they're probably just listening to CNN or whatever and they get a little sound bite. But, yeah. but there's something about him uh, because I think he just exudes this love of Christ. The you know, joy. The joy. And, that, and that's yeah. the thing is that there's a joy in living out the faith. And, and I think there's a joy that's been lost on us uh, as a church yeah. uh, in the United States and, and, and many other countries as well. And we have to really recapture this sense of the joy of being Catholic. What I mean, and I'm separating joy from happiness because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think joy comes from this interior life with Christ. As, uh, as Peter says in Second Peter 1 verse 4, we become partakers in the divine nature. And that gives us the joy that leads to a life of happiness. 
So you can't be happy unless you're joyful. Right. And that joy comes from the Lord. And, and, and the, 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 what brings it all home for me is reflect on these joyful mysteries of the, of, of the rosary, right? Of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about education, uh, revitaliz- revitalization, renewal, reform of the divine worship and the sacraments and charity, the service of charity. We're talking about really living from that center, living uh, uh, from that heart uh, that leads to a really a joyful experience in the Lord. You know, when we're out there educating or teaching or serving the poor, we should be joyful. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that should exude into every other aspect of our life right. as Catholics. Right. You know, and, and I think there's a beauty there. There's a freedom there that the knowledge of the faith gives us. Well, and I think that I have that experience when I work with the RCIA process in our various sessions throughout the year. If I'm standing up in front of the the group and I have a dour look upon my face and I talk about how, you know, and, and I don't actually express the joy that this particular truth of the faith that we're discussing this week, the the how it connects with the rest of the the Catholic system and the the world understanding of being Catholic. If I don't express joy in that, there's nobody in the world who's going to buy it, as it exactly. were. There's nobody who's going to look and say, you know what, Ken sure seems unhappy to be Catholic. I can't wait to to receive the sacraments myself so that I can have that same lack of joy. No, <laughs> not at all. It doesn't work that way, you know. And and that's one of the things that I think. Um, that I think is, is attractive about Pope Francis. Uh, that's one of the things that I loved, you know, growing up about uh, Pope St. John Paul II was, you know, he smiles. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, my favorite image of him is, is where he's just, he's got his arms outstretched and he's smiling. And it's just so joyful. You know, well, we, you're right because we look at the, the like portraits of popes throughout the years. Yeah. They got these dour. Yeah, not a lot not of that, that, they were, that, that, that was a reflection of their personality. No, but right. they're but they're it's like a mugshot. Yeah. Know? And if you look at the, that's what the church looks like, you know. But <laughs> again, John Paul II. And, what do and, people and, remember about John Paul I? They call him the smiling pope. Yes, that's you know? right. So that's right. These are the, and uh, yes, I was alive during the lifetime of John Paul I. <laughs> uh, uh, I was born in the seventies, so uh, don't worry, I, I'm not that young. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is what we're going to be talking about is the joyful thing. And that's one of the things that I've loved about being your friend over the last year is you're a joyful Catholic. And I mean, that exudes. And that's our goal is our goal, listeners, is for you to also enjoy listening to this because we want you to hear the joy that is the Catholic faith for us. And we want you to share that with everyone you meet, too. So each week we're going to do something, uh, our goal is going to be to leave you with an actual concrete takeaway, something that you can do or you can think about and that will hopefully produce the fruit of joy in your heart. The, and I call it the fruit of joy quite intentionally. That's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is joy. And we want to come up with something that we can share with you uh, that will give you a takeaway that will exude joy for you too in your practice of the faith part of that is going to be as i mentioned every week we're going to be discussing one of these uh three main topics or one of the subtopics uh and you'll be able to review those on our website we'll we'll uh, talk about that a bit later but um we're going to talk about a topic each week on a on a rotation so every four weeks you're we're going to be talking kind of about the same main topic from a different aspect so uh 
you know, for example, next week in our show, we're going to talk about education, catechesis, and faith formation. And there's going to be a concrete takeaway at the end of that, something that you can think about, uh, that you can then share as well. Uh, and then the cool thing about that is that gives you time to think about that, to pray with it, to share it with others, and then to give us feedback. Uh, because we'll be talking about it again the next month as well, or four weeks later, so that we can take your feedback and incorporate that into a, a deeper part of the conversation. This show, as you let off, this is an ongoing conversation about living the Catholic faith, about living the truly Catholic life. And an ongoing conversation it goes ever deeper into the mystery and into the, into the joy. Hence, living stones. Living. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> not, yeah, not brick and mortar, that's just right. stay there and do nothing stones. Living stones, you know, and, that, and that's a, and you're exactly right, because uh, uh, Christ is the foundation. We're all built around that foundation of Christ. And so, uh, you know, so I think you're exactly right. By using these pastoral priorities and rotating them, it gives a wonderful, fresh perspective uh, to what the Archbishop is attempting to do. Uh, in the Northwest here, but then also has implications throughout the Universal Church as well. Yeah. And that'll also allow us then to bring in uh, perhaps guests going forward who have more expertise on a given topic than you or I. I mean, we're both, we're, we're relatively smart guys, but we don't know everything. And that's one of the joyful things about being part of a community. Uh, c the community of the Catholic Church is a true communion, which includes there are people doing awesome things in the realm of charity that are people doing awesome things in the realm of divine worship and sacraments that, that neither you nor I uh, can do nor are called to do directly in the way they are. And so we're going to be able to, to have some guests going forward too. And that'll be really exciting. Again, always entering deeper into the conversation. Yeah, because people don't want to get bored just hearing us. No, no, no. <laughs> as joyful as we may be. Exactly right. You know, Archbishop Sample, every week or every, every issue of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper, he writes a column. And uh, in the column, he, uh, he uses it as a tool of evangelization himself. And so one of the resources that uh, we prepared in getting ready for the show, when we were developing the show, one of the resources was to catalog the columns of Archbishop Sample, to look at each of his columns and see what is the main topic here, how does it relate to the pastoral priorities, how can it be a great resource for people who want to know a little bit more about both the archbishop's thought as a teacher. Remember, the bishops are the teachers of the faith, the successors to the apostles. So this is a teaching, an official teaching organ of the Catholic Church. And that's why they wear the mitre, right? That's that, like their, their teaching hat. Is that is that what it is, yep. a teaching hat? Mm -hmm. I did. There you go. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, the Archbishop has, offers us this resource. And so we just, I cataloged it. I mean, that's one of, one of the things that I did. And so we're making that available on our website. And we do have a website uh, that is... Uh, livingstonesmedia.org. So our show is called Living Stones, livingstonesmedia.org. There is a link there to the uh, columns of the Archbishop that actually will take you to this page that will uh, show what's the topic of a given column. If you want to learn, uh, read what the Archbishop has had to say about the sacraments, if you want to see what he has had to say about marriage, if you want to see what he's had to say about any of these sorts of things. And that's going to be ongoing and constantly updated because every time the Sentinels publish, the Archbishop has a column in there. So I, I go through and I read the column and say, oh, this is, he's writing again about marriage and he's writing about how marriage is truly a sacrament 
uh, and what the marks of marriage are, for example. So that's available for people uh, to read and to follow along. We're going to be referring and probably quoting some of those columns going forward each week. And so um, that's something that you'll be able to go and get the fuller context as well. A free resource from us to you. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody likes freebies. <laughs> Everybody likes freebies. And as a matter of fact, to quote Archbishop Sample, here's a little something. We were talking about how we are connected to the Universal Church. Archbishop Sample wrote, To be Catholic means that we see ourselves as part of a universal church that extends far beyond the boundaries of just our own parish. We are also part of an archdiocesan church and an international community of faith that extends to the far corners of the world. There are more than 1.2 billion Catholics around the globe. Our fellow Catholic in Africa or Asia, for example, is just as much our brother or sister in Christ as the one who sits next to us in the pew at Sunday Mass. That's so true. And I've, I've been blessed enough to be able to experience the church in, in Asia and Africa. And I can say that's, that's very true. In fact, I had a wonderful experience in uh, Soweto in South Africa. Yeah. And uh, they, they used, they, they spoke during mass Zulu, Sotu, and English, I think for my benefit, because <laughs> uh, I, I actually deaconed and preached in English. And oh, wow. I, the, he said that he wanted me to do that. So that was fine. And then they also used Latin. Wow. You know, and, and uh, after Mass, I remember asking the pastor, I said, Father, that was wonderful you used Latin. He goes, well, Latin is the language that ties the church together, our universal language. That's amazing. That, I love that. <laughs> that's, that's what it means to be Catholic, to pray, with, to pray universally. Mm-hmm. And, to, to and the Mass was the Mass. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter yeah. what country you're in, it's the Holy there Sacrifice of Mass. Last Sunday, uh, we're, and we have to wrap this up already, believe it or not. This is part of that ongoing conversation. Thank God it continues, right? Um, last Sunday at, the, uh, at Mass, we heard the gospel. Jesus said, uh, talked about the vine and the branches. I am the vine and you are the branches. And, yeah, and, and what the Lord is trying to do is, is uh, you know, he's the vine, but we're, we're the branches, right? So the branches are connected to the vine, right? Just like right. The, the, the other stones are connected to the cornerstone, right. as, as we talked about. So it's about keeping this deep, intimate connection with Christ, this loving and life-giving intimacy and communion, which I think we're going to be exploring that much more deeply as we move forward with the living stones. Absolutely. Well... I'm excited to be here in studio with you, and I'm excited that we'll be gathering with you listeners next week as well. So until then, Deacon Harold, would you give us your blessing? Absolutely. May Almighty God bless you and your families, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you next week, folks. You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Produced through the facilities of Matre Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this program and other Matre Radio productions, you can log on to matredayradio.com. That's M A T E R D E I radio.com.